Section 22 of the Handbook to the Rivers and Broads of Norfolk and Suffolk by George Christopher Davies. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 22. Appendix. Yachting. It will have been gathered from the foregoing pages that the rivers and broads of Norfolk and Suffolk present exceptional facilities for small boat sailing and smooth water yachting better perhaps than any other part of england there are two yachting clubs the norfolk and suffolk yacht club and the yare sailing club the latter a very flourishing institution furnishing four or five regattas in the year for small four-ton yachts and open boats there are numbers of suitable yachts for hire but owing to the frequent changes of ownership it is not practicable to give a list of those who have boats for hire which would be of any use inquiry at the inns at alton and the advertisements in the yarmouth and norwich papers will generally elicit suitable answers Bullen of Alton is a likely man to have a yacht to let. Open sailing boats with awnings to sleep under and small cabin yachts of four to ten tons can be obtained of Loins, Roxham, and comfortable craft they are. The awnings of the small boats are waterproof and most ingeniously constructed, and the boats can be rowed or sailed anywhere loins may be trusted to provide everything that is necessary for comfort and his yachts and boats are largely patronized they are all rigged una fashion with one sail and are very easily managed canoes and rowing boats are in plenty at the riverside at norwich yarmouth and alton as before stated the goods traffic on the river is carried on by means of sailing craft of from twenty to seventy tons burthen called wherries these are long shallow graceful vessels with an enormous mast supporting one enormous sail the sail is spread by a long gaff but there is no boom there is only one halyard and the sail is hoisted by means of a winch at the foot of the mast there is no rigging to the mast except the forestay which is mainly of use for lowering the mast the latter being balanced on the tabernacle by a ton and a half of lead on its heel so that it is raised as easily as it is lowered these wherries sail very fast very close to the wind and are often managed by one man yachts built on the wherry plan are very comfortable craft and easily managed wherries are frequently hired by private parties the hatches are raised a plank or two higher to give greater headroom the clean swept hold is divided into several rooms and a capital floating house is extemporized there is now quite a fleet of permanently fitted pleasure wherries on the rivers which have ample accommodation for a party or family and are to be hired at from eight to fifteen guineas a week 
a good way of seeing the rivers if you have no boat is to give a wherryman a small sum to take you with him when he makes a passage there are always numbers of wherries leaving norwich and yarmouth and if you hail the one you fancy you will be readily taken on board thus you might sail from norwich to yarmouth one day up to wroxham the next back to yarmouth and up to beckles at an expenditure of half a crown a day and refreshments i am sure that visitors to either yarmouth or lowestoft will do well to avail themselves of this suggestion the navigation is controlled by acts of parliament but pleasure yachts are exempt from tolls except of course at locks and haddiscoe lift bridge the rule of the road is very strictly adhered to by the wherries and local yachts and necessarily so but it is a point of honour not to harass business wherries if it can be avoided as these are sailed for a livelihood while yachtsmen sail for pleasure therefore if there is a doubt give the wherry the benefit of it it is also a point of prudence not to cross a wherry's bows too closely as they would soon smash up a yacht if you are civil to a wherryman he will be most civil to you and don't slang him if he doesn't at once give way for you to pass him the following racing regulations of the yacht clubs simply epitomize the custom and practice on the rivers and must be adhered to that if two yachts be standing for the shore of any river or broad and the yacht to leeward be likely to run aground or foul any bottom or bank or not be able to stay without the windward yacht running foul of her the windward yacht must be put about upon being hailed by the member of the club who may be in charge of the leeward yacht the yacht to leeward must also go about at the same time as the yacht she hails that in sailing to windward the yacht on the port tack must give way to the yacht on the starboard tack and in case of collision the owner of the vessel on the port tack shall be liable to pay all damages that may occur and forfeit all claim to the prize that any yacht bearing away or altering her course to windward or leeward provided there is no obstruction to prevent her keeping her course thereby compelling another vessel to go out of her course shall forfeit all claim to the prize in running before the wind the side the leading vessel carries her main boom is to be considered the lee side a yacht overhauling another may pass to windward or leeward and when near the shore or shallow water or when rounding any mark flag or buoy if the bowsprit of the yacht astern overlap any portion of the hull of the yacht ahead the latter must immediately give way and allow the former to pass between her and such shore shallow water mark flag or buoy and should any yacht not give way or compel another to touch the ground or to foul any mark flag or buoy 
the yacht so compelling her shall forfeit all claim to the prize her owner shall pay all damage that may occur and the yacht so compelled to touch such mark flag or boy shall not in this case suffer any penalty for such contact it is an established rule and should be most strictly attended to by all yachtsmen that where two vessels have to cross each other on opposite tacks the one on the starboard tack must invariably keep her wind and the one on the port tack must keep away and pass to leeward or tack short when the smallest doubt exists of her not being able to weather the other all expenses of damage incurred by vessels on opposite tacks running on board each other fall upon the one on the port tack but where the one on the starboard tack has kept away with the intention of passing to leeward and they have come into contact the expenses of damage fall upon her on the starboard tack because by her keeping away she may have prevented the other passing to leeward when a vessel on the starboard tack sees another attempting to weather her when it does not seem possible rather than keep away she should put her helm down for the less way vessels have when they come in contact the less damage they will sustain should both vessels put their helms up and run on board each other the most fatal consequences may arise and therefore nothing should induce the vessel on the starboard tack to keep away all vessels going free must give way to those on a wind end of section twenty two